When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply by bookmakers.com Hello, good evening and welcome to the LFC Day Trippers. I'm Gavin. With me this week is P. It is winners and losers. It is two winners and two losers from the Premier League this weekend. Now, we've done it a bit different this week. We picked four winners and four losers. We stuck them to a poll on Twitter. We set it out there and the winners and losers came back. So we did not choose them. We just threw them out there and the the, the public chose them, whatever it is. Um, this show is brought to you by bookmakers.com. Check them out at that website for all your stats, your analysis, your articles, all that sort of stuff if you don't gamble. If you do gamble, sure, you can read all them as well. But you can also get all the best odds on all the sports from all the bookies. But remember to do so responsibly. So that's bookmakers.com. We'll talk about our charity stuff later on. Now, P, how are you? Grand, grand. Top of the evening to you. It's getting hot over here. Uh, and I hope it's not raining where you guys are. It's always raining here. <laughs> we tunneled and lightning yesterday swear to god it was lovely out yesterday right about one o'clock here yesterday i was in the house and i was like jeez that's a lovely day out and next of all i heard what was that and next thing the thunder was just unbelievable right and then lightning and then just the rain just hopped down for about 40 minutes non-stop and then it was lovely again and then it came back later so yeah it's horrendous over here it always is me. you know this nothing worse ah look they say it rains somewhere in Ireland every day, but don't we have the best golf courses? And I know that you're showing everybody out there because of the weather that we have. What a what an amazing thing you're doing as well. I'm I'm really loving I'm loving buying average golf. It's amazing. Anyone that's not into oh, it, gone. It's it's really good. It got better this week. I'm being honest with you. Um, I'm only doing this update because you love it and you always mention it when you come on. Um, <laughs> It got better this week. We've three videos out this week. We've one coming out. I'm literally working on it now. I should have it out by around midnight, probably one in the morning when I'm finished it. But um, this is a long one. This is about 40 minutes long, I think. But it's um, we have a guest on for the first time, which is brilliant. Um, it's Tag Team Golf. That's all I'm going to say. And right. um, it's six holes of golf. It's really, really good. Um, there's a lot of lot of messing goes on, a lot of tactics go on. We have got the pro stuff coming during the week. We're pro down uh, Kieran. It's going to be hitting fairway woods, and when you see him hit this, this is ridiculous. And then we have, oh, should, by the end of the week, we should have another video out with the three lads, that were, the three of us that were there the other day, um, playing alternate shots and getting very upset with each other. Me and Neely have a stand-up row for no reason, so um, make sure to check that out. But I will say, the one that's coming out tomorrow, you will see two brilliant shots in it. Two brilliant, brilliant shots of golf you will really? see in this one coming out tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. 100%, where do you see it? Um, 
But anyway, winners and losers. Oh, bang average golf, go and subscribe and do whatever. Yeah, please, um, please. It's great crack. I mean, Gav, Gav is obviously golf obsessed. Um, but for me, that kind of dips in and out. And for anyone out there that doesn't feel, is not confident with a club in the hand, just enjoy it. It's just, it's just, it's very calm and very relaxing. And it, and the banter, as usual with these boys, is top notch. Well, we have the guest that comes on with us this week, Joe. He's, he's a he's a long term friend of mine. He's I grew up with him, um, and he was nervous coming on. We're in a we're in a couple of shots. He was like, "This is great." Do you know what I mean? It's just lads playing golf. There just happens to be a camera there. So, uh, now check it out. Uh, the link is in the description, I think, or you can bang average golf. You can't miss it. Um, but let's go on to winners and losers. Um, as I said, the public have picked the winners and losers this week, and we're going to start with a winner. Because the word coming out is that Graham Souness is our win- one of our winners of the week. It looks like that was his last broadcast with Sky Sports yesterday at Anfield. Um, I haven't read too much into this. Um, I'm presuming he's not going somewhere else to do something else. It might be just Graham Souness deciding that's enough. I'll retire and enjoy the rest of my days. Um, what do you make of him as a pundit? I like Graham Souness. I think he, he talks about the game the way he played it. You know, two feet doesn't suffer anyone. You can you can actually tell by the fellas he's in the studio with who responds to him and who who he responds to. I think him and Roy have a great when they're together have a great understanding. He's not into when, for example, uh, one of the the actual Sky Sports uh, workers, if you will, non football people, when they kind of try to clash out, you can see he's not into that at all. I love that about him. As much as I'm a very, as everybody knows, a very woke person and I believe in all this, I, I love, you know, there's part of us all that's old school and I love that about Graham Soonis. He's respectful. Um, but, but the thing I love about him the most is, you know, he's, the acknowledgement of some of the errors. I mean, he's continuously going on about the regrets he has about, you know, his time at Liverpool. I love Graham Soonis. And you see the way Sky Sports, the direction that it's going in, and listen, it's great inclusivity and all, but people like Graham are a casualty of that, to be honest with you. And I think it's 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 not for the betterment of of the football conversation. I think he's he's fantastic and someone that wore the boots, won the trophies, done everything, done it all at every level. He'll be a big miss. Um, a lot of people when they see Graham Sinesta that he's leaving Sky and stuff like that. Like they they they'll just look at Graham Sinness as who they've seen on the TV. You know, they might remember him as a manager. You know, like he's managed Liverpool, he's managed Southampton, Blackburn. Wasn't he over in Portugal at some stage? He was definitely in Turkey when he's planting flags in the middle of um <coughs> in the middle of pitches and stuff like that. But there's two sides to Graham Sinness for me. Um, one the player, and I've relied on footage of Graham Sinness. I'm gonna be honest. I was born in '82. He leaves Liverpool in '84, I think. Um, but when I speak to Liverpool fans and even fo- football fans in general, like even my own father, who's a, I've said before, is a United fan. Um, when you when you couple the footage of seeing with talking to guys that are probably 10, 20, 20, 20 years older than you, you know what I mean? And they talk about Graham Sinness, whether they're Liverpool fans or not, they tell you what a player he was. And 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 to this day, if you if you say what player could go into this Liverpool team. You know, when they're at full flight, who would Im- improve them? Graham Sinness is one of the first names that comes up because he was a lunatic. He was a lunatic. Like, afraid of nobody. Not afraid to take a challenge, give a challenge. Anything that went on, he was up for it. Um, but he was a magnificent footballer as well. His range of passing, 
the engine on him, strength, good in the air, score goals. He was a brilliant, brilliant footballer. The the problem I think he has with Sky is I think he's becoming the odd man out. And we're going to mm. touch on Sky later on, but I think he is because the generation we're in now, less and less football opinions matter now. That's my yeah. opinion. If you have an actual football opinion, someone might listen to you and go, yeah, but if you have an outrageous one for the sake of it, you will get a lot more traction. And Sky are going that way. There's no doubt about that. And, I, and I'm not talking about people that are on big on social media getting, you know, time on Sky Sports or Sky Sports News. I'm talking about people that are employed by Sky are going down that route. And you probably yep. know who I'm speaking about when I do that. Graham Sunes just doesn't fit for me the way Sky are going. He he's actually a brilliant thinker of the game. He, he you know, both on and off the pitch, people's people's outlook, people's attitude and, and stuff like that. And he brings it across really well. Roy Keane is no idiot. But Roy Keane, the way he brings it across is like, fuck off, Roy, will you? You know what I yeah. mean? Everything has to be, you know, basically comparing himself to whatever's going on. And, you know, it's it's a bit weird. Um, but Sunes, just, I don't think he fits in. You know, I think he'd be, I don't know. He's not, like, uh, Paul says there, he's off to do work, charity work, apparently, which is amazing. You know, he's, what age is Sunes? He must be. 60, 66, maybe, I would he, imagine. He'd be mid-60s, wouldn't he? Must be, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and to to see him in mid-60s going off to charity work is amazing. Sky will be a lesser place without him. But oh, I just don't think he fits with Sky. I just don't think he fits. Um, can 69. You see 69, yeah, okay. Mm. So, Touching seventy years of age, um, could you see him going and doing it somewhere else, or is there any is there anywhere out there that fits Graham Sunes? Yeah, I think to be honest with you, if you look at, and I'd hate to see him because I can't stand either of them. Um, I could see him maybe going out to Abu Dhabi to work with Andy Gray and, and Richard Keyes, to be honest, and he would deserve a payday like that. Um, he talks more sense than either of the, those guys. I could see him being offered that. But I can't see him taking it. Um. I believe, I watch Graham Simmons closely like yourself, Gav, and I think he's one of those lads that's actually torn the corner in his life. I've seen a very inter- in, interesting interview with him talking about uh, homophobia in the game, and he's really, you can see that he feels the weight of being on the other side of the coin, quite frankly, probably slagging off lads that he thought were a little bit, you know, a little bit ginger in, in some, some guys' parents and I think he feels the guilt he can see by the way he talks about things like that we should have been more responsible with people we should have looked after people more and stuff so it doesn't surprise me that he's talking about doing charity work I genuinely I, you know I have I've never had the pleasure unfortunately of meeting him but he looks to me like if you see interviews of Graham Soonis now and you compare them to even quotes and interviews 20 years ago it's like two different men I think he's had his road to Damascus moment. And as much as you're, you're dead right, he's the odd man out at Sky. He probably, like, he went out to Qatar in the World Cup and he stood on a soapbox about it. And I was shocked. I was looking at this. I mean, he doesn't have to do this, but he spoke at length about how it's just wrong and la la. He wanted people to know, okay, I'm here. I'm getting paid to be here. But what goes on here is not right. And he was the last one that I would expect. Now, I honestly think that he's changed as a human being, which it, it's never too late to change. Um, because obviously, you know, the, the game was molded around characters like him. I think he's a different man now. 
more tolerant man and I think he wants to actually make a difference in life. And at Sky is you're dead right, Gav, you pointed out Sky is not somewhere you'll make a difference. You know, they're not in a wink. There's a few t- token people working at Sky. You know, they have a lot of black anchors. They have, you know, some some members of the LG, LGBT community. But it feels like a token gesture, to be quite honest with you. They're not, it, it, there's very few sensible comments coming from some of these people. Um, if I'm honest with you, I don't care if the whole crew is white and middle-aged. If they make sense, they make sense. I want to see people that make sense from the LGBT community bill and, and people that make sense when they're talking about, you know, females when they're talking about football. And you're right, for that for a number of reasons, he's become the, the odd man now. But, yeah, I think he'll do the charity thing. I think he's changed as a human being. I can't see him doing anything else after school. I think... Um... In hindsight, you could probably see it coming because I've seen Sunes on a couple of occasions, um, especially when Liverpool beat United seven at Anfield, where he was making points about what thing and and other lads sniggering, you know, the sort of way, like because yeah. that's what that's what you're meant to do now. You're meant to snigger at people, um, when they give opinion, and you're meant to it's meant to be all blown up twenty four seven a day, twenty four seven. You know, it has to be all mayhem, um. And and I've seen him a couple of times on Sky where he makes a point and someone comes back at him and he's looking at the person going, "Are you for real?" You know that sort of way. Um, so in 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 hindsight, you're probably seeing it coming a little bit. Um, I think he's getting out at the right time because I think yeah. the way I think the way football punditry is going, um, it's just awful. It's just yeah. genuinely awful. You know what I mean? There's not there's very little difference now between what you would read on Twitter and what you would see in a in a studio nowadays. Um soon as soon as someone says they're dirty his bib a little bit, he does with Liverpool fans because of um interviews he done with the Sun newspaper. I think you know, I think that will always kinda of be held against him. You know, and I think he's apologised endlessly for it. Um but at the same time, you know, I think it's something that will be slightly held against him. But as a footballer you can't doubt him, and, and as a pundit, I think he's been excellent. Like I, I think his favorite time as a pundit was probably doing it with RTE in Ireland here, yeah. and that was like just madness. Do you know what I mean? He couldn't, and he and he's quoted as saying like I couldn't believe what was going on, what these boys were saying, you know. And it wasn't in the sense of these are just being outrageous. They were saying stuff and using making great points, but using a language, using a language that he just was like you wouldn't get away with this in the UK. Like so if you ever get a chance to go back and look at some of the clips. Of uh, Graham Sinners on RTE, him, Dunphy, Giles, Bill O'Hurley, um, absolutely, absolutely madness. Do you know what I mean? Um, just Hannes has gave an interview to the Sun, but seems to genuinely regret it. Um, and Amit Kavanagh says he claimed himself that that's one of his few regrets in his career. I get that, but Graham Sinners is no idiot, and going to the Sun or going near the Sun after what happened at Hillsborough is just. There's no excuse you know, for it. It's a very easy decision to make, not to do you know, it. The only thing I'd say is when Graham left the club, there's a lot of bitterness there. There's a lot of bitterness. And I'm not going to cover, I'm not going to, you know, because we all know, I mean, it hurts us still, you know, in many ways. My day after my birthday, I'll never forget it. Um, but I think, not to excuse him, but I, I understand what, what maybe what he was going through at the time. I'm not saying he was sticking two fingers up at the club because I, I don't think he would do that even in his worst moments. But, but what strikes me about him as a man is he's constantly talking about the regrets that he has. 
constantly, constantly. I, I, I think Graham Souness is tortured about his time. I mean, you forget when he took over at Liverpool, he was relatively young. I think he was 38. You know, and it's hard to imagine Graham Souness. <coughs> yeah, I know. He's in, but... in his late 40s. You I know, know but he, 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 he comes away from Rangers after a brilliant a brilliant period at Rangers and comes to Liverpool. And I think there's multiple regrets from Liverpool. One, he tries to change things too quickly. Too quick? Um, Winning try, not both, both, both in personnel, but the way the club was being run. And it's just it's just a nightmare. And then the whole Sun thing and LFC in the chassis, you just don't do that. Um, yeah, and he's right. Obviously, I definitely don't do it. Um, yeah. And, I, and I, I fully agree with you. You know, I when I look at Graham Souness, I do. I think an absolutely outstanding footballer. I think an appalling Liverpool manager. Um, a brilliant pundit, but he he made a cardinal sin for for as far as I'm concerned. And yeah, time will probably is that. It's thirty fourish years. Well, it's not that. It's it's just under 20 years I think since he done the interview and time may heal that but it's still something for me that when I look at Graham's it, it, it will still be there on his CV as such Um, he's a winner of the week though because you know he's had a really good career at Sky I think he's a really good pundit um, if he's going on to do charity work more power to him fair play to him because I'm sure like you said he could be offered a hell of a lot of money somewhere to, to, to continue on what he's doing but he's not if, look, if he's gone to the charity work, work um, yeah. brilliant, fair play to him and, and the best of luck to him. I mean, dignity, he's dignified, <laughs> dignified. He's a very dignified man. I mean, I, I look I, like the other two that went out there, you know, Gray and the other Egypt, you know, just no dignity in it. And they went to a country where it's acceptable, to be honest with you, to behave with females the way they behave and spoke about females to be quite honest with you and that's telling soon as won't do that soon as will i think he's 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 probably and i hope hope i'm right but i think it's a penance thing with soon as i think he feels that he has to make up for an awful lot i I hope he's very comfortable financially for everything that he gave to the sport and more power to him you know i look at him and i think that's somebody who has made mistakes but we can we should all look at him and go well what a man what a player he was and a legend Um, Just Hannah says at Southampton he also signed that Rondo off the street the guy who claimed to be George Weah's cousin he did he did Um, what was his name again? Um, Ali Dia Ali Dia Ali Dia it's a brilliant it's a brilliant story because like he's just like yeah, I got Holly's George by his cousin, put him on about 15 minutes later, he couldn't get him off the pitch quick enough. No, he got a phone call, he got a phone call from somebody pretending to be George Way. And as a manager, listen, Southampton were fighting relegation at the time, looking for somebody to stick the ball in the back of the net. George Way rings you, you bring in the lad. Apparently he did okay in training. You know, tra- training is not that intense. At Premier League level still isn't, you know, in the days before the match. And Ali Dia had chances in the game. He actually had chances. You know, so he got he was doing something right. You know what I mean? It's a brilliant story. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Fairness. <laughs> but um, 
Look, we'll move on. He is a winner of the week. Let's move on to some losers. I'm going to go with Richarlison. So that's that's Richarlison was voted as a loser of the week in our poll on Twitter. Um, if you don't like the results of this, watch out for the next week. We might continue on with this, and you can pick the winners and losers. But like, it was fucking hilarious, P. As much as I was fuming about, like, even we we'd won the game, I was still fuming about Liverpool overall. Richarlison and the 90 seconds or whatever that's involved and the videos that come out off the back of it um, like he must have wanted the ground to swallow him up he I would, do you know what if I was making a movie tomorrow about a cliche footballer I would cast Richarlison yeah, as an actor well because he certainly isn't a player um, I mean for everything from the tattoos to the mannerisms to the terrible attitude to the overrated self, uh, uh, you know, self opinions on his on his very very limited ability. For me, he's Tony Cascarino with a Brazilian passport, and he but he's one of those kids that just doesn't, you know, it's beautiful. I I, I just think I knew you knew when he was warming up when he came on. Oh, he's gonna do something, but I mean, you, you just it was just. It's just beautiful. I mean, we've seen it to death, and we'll all watch it to death. His face, he's just, he's the, the lad is a cliche. Now, don't get me wrong, he's going to be very wealthy and the clubs will always take a chance on him. But for 60 million quid, you know, to have a, to, to have one Premier League goal, at a, I mean, the fact that he went to Spurs as a number nine as well, knowing that Harry Kane was there, tells you everything you need to know about Richarlison and his, and his mentality. I just... It's beautiful. I hope uh, long may the show continue because we need a, a funny side show like Richarlison, to be honest. He's comic relief. Not a threat. Yeah, he got into the right area yesterday, but it was a bit of a bit of a comedy goal. We were having a we're defensively a bit of a shambles. But you know, the comedy then rolled on 60, 60 odd seconds later. The thing is, like I seen a stat yesterday, um Richarlison has been booked three times for taking his jersey off celebrating and he only has one goal this season which is phenomenal right when he comes on in our in our telegram group i think it was when someone said straight away this fella's scoring this fella's <laughs> scoring because the way the game was going liverpool just took the foot off the pedal after about 25 just couldn't get back on it um spores they, they couldn't be any worse than the end of the 15 minutes but he comes on right now I've no problem with Richarlison scoring a goal. I've no problem with Richarlison celebrating. But the funniest thing for me in the whole lot was, right, he scores, right? And you're kind of looking at him and he's fucking, he's up on the barrier and he's doing his dance and he's shushing the crowd and he's giving it the big one, right? And Jota goes and scores, right? But when you look back at it, the nerve of him to score his first goal in the third Spurs' thirty fourth game of the season, mm. right, and go and on, on and go on as if he's just completed a hat trick in the last mm. minute to win a big game. That's the fun. That's the funny bit of it all. And I think it, like, if that was Liverpool and we got that goal, I want me, I want the fella to be celebrating, but I want him to pick the ball out of the net and go, come on, no, you know what I mean, running back, exactly. You know what I mean. I want to be going right. I got a goal right. I've like I've been a disgrace all fucking season. I've got a goal, but give give it the give it the fist to the bleeding sports fans. Pick up the ball and go. Come on, we go and get another goal. No, he had to have his moment in the sun and make it out as if like he he just fucking beaten 
you know, Erling Haaland's bleak Premier League record or something. It was absolutely unreal from him. And then Jota scores and his face was just priceless because he, he's looking and he's looking and going, oh, that's gone in. Almost. And then he doesn't know what to do and then he can't help it. The the reaction is to just hands on the head, you know what I mean? Um, but have have you seen some of the videos and stuff going around today? Yeah, there's a few sports family, as you know, I have a lot of friends at sports and and a few of the the podcast, the live podcast that they subscribe to. One of the lads has his back to the screen and he's giving it the what character from Tottenham Hotspur. Typical sports, we're not playing well, but we've got a bit of. Meanwhile, Jota is on the ground. Yeah, I've seen like, this one. Is this the fella? Is this the fella? He calls himself um, the People's Pundit. Yeah, he doesn't and look he, like the. And he has and, he has like uh, a microphone, but he has salad tape on it. Sky Sports yeah, salad tape on it. He's obviously not. He's obviously not the full chill and bless him. But he was brilliant. <laughs> um, it's it's a. Uh, like you see a man and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You talk about spores and they have commitment, man, and they have this. And like literally behind them, the goal is going in, and he's like, <laughs> oh, and God, then he that. just, yeah, and then he just he, he turns, he he actually turns and looks at the screen while Klopp is celebrating. He's like, look at Klopp, he's losing his head, he's losing his head, and he's like, no, he's celebrating me. And then he turns around, and he goes, and he puts the headphones back on, and he goes, oh shit, you know what I mean? And then there was two lads in the studio. And we're like, yeah, brilliant. And, and they're singing in the shards and songs. And they're like, we've time for a winner here. And then literally, as they say that, Jota scores. Tarek says he ser- you know, he seriously almost died laughing watching the compilation reaction videos of the LFC Spores game. Um, the cardboard mic says actually, uh, yeah, it was the cardboard microphone. It's like a microphone. He has blue and red cardboard around it with skies <laughs> like, written in white or tipex on it. It's absolutely phenomenal. Um uh, it was the choreographed chicken dance with Son that did it for me, says Just Hannah. Travel is life, says Gav. Have you seen Rick Shields' golf YouTube channel? That's also a great golfing channel. It's the biggest YouTube golfing channel ever. I think he's over 2 million subscribers. Is he having as much of a laugh as us? No, don't think so. Um, but he's he's, having, he's doing... It's a phenomenal thing he has. Um, but it was absolutely insane. And... Um, you know, like uh, Paul Gormley says, it was a joke, lads. The one with the the one with the thing, yeah. I pres- I presume it is a joke, but the yeah. way it's done is absolutely brilliant. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like the other one. Um, going back a couple of weeks ago, there was one a couple of weeks ago, and oh, I'll think of it in a minute. And it was brilliant the way it was done, and like people were like, "What is going on here?" But it was it was it was you know set up, but um. No, the ones in the studios with the sports fans were just and like, here pristine studio, you know, like like when we used to do this live together, do you remember? And it was like and you could see the effort and just the dancing and the what what makes it beautiful for me is when when lads put in an effort, you know, like in fairness, I know you don't like it, but Goldbridge and when he falls apart, the two lads doing the dance and us again on their lovely fancy screen. Yoga club <laughs> in the fourth official's face. It, it was. was it, it was just. I just like. I just couldn't. I, I couldn't get over. Like when he scores, I'm kind of looking, going fucking prick. But I was kind of looking, going, all right, mate, relax. Like I know it's a last minute equaliser, but yeah, going like he was. He jumped up on the barrier as if he was the messiah. Do you know it's, what I mean? The lack of self awareness and. It, Maybe it's a 2023 thing. I'm getting old, but there's a lack of. I mean, Ryan Mason, for him to turn around and say what he said. I mean, 
I know he's 31, but to turn around and say we were the better team, by far, country mile, whatever, like, and again, it's a lack of self-awareness to jump up, as you quite rightly say. If I if, if that was me or anybody in that position, I, that was my fourth league goal, and it's May. I'm embarrassed. I'm almost hiding my face. I'm just grabbing the ball like I'm a centre-half, running back towards the halfway line, saying, what else can we do here? Just, I don't want the cameras on because people, the force goal, you just don't want to be around. But there's the lack of self-awareness to be And it's it's it, it, it's just the way football is now. It's like Years ago, you'd see consolations or even equalisers that didn't mean that much. And lads would be almost embarrassed. It's just... It says everything about guys like, as I said, if I was casting the movie, Richarlison would be, be the one that I'd say, listen, you're going to play this part because just be you. You know, someone who has no awareness of of what they've done or, or what impact they have or may have, may not have had. And it's true. It's true. You know, you get someone like Salah, for example, who's so humble in every situation. Yeah, he's pulling up trees. You know, the, 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 the most famous phrase on Twitter after him is only Mo Salah, like, and yeah, he's on his knees praising his God whenever he does what he does. Well, I think uh, some someone's mentioned here Andy Campbell. Andy Campbell's been on this channel. I must get him on again soon, actually, because he's great crack. Um, he's the man that does the the Martin Tyler, um, yeah. lip syncs. Uh, he's he's absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Um, I haven't. I actually haven't. Has, I'm presuming he has done something on this game. I haven't seen it because um, I haven't been on social media all day. To be quite honest with you, but um, I must go and look afterwards down and. Um, check out Andy Cantwell because yeah, well, stuff is the problem is the problem is they're not giving him that much um fodder for his content because um Martin Tyler and, and Gary Neville go silent when Liverpool invariably they did it against Forest they did it yesterday they actually go silent when yeah. Jota scores because yeah. I think they're acutely aware of everyone knows we we hate Liverpool yeah. and they just don't give they don't give anything just on, just on just on um what's his name the, the sports standy and manager that stands Ryan in six months, Ryan Mason. Um, they weren't the better side yesterday. What no, happened? Listen, just, what happened yesterday was Liverpool there. pulled them asunder for twenty five minutes, and they were lucky to be three 0 down. And, and Liverpool good. decided to stop playing. Now, yeah. if he wants to take himself off and say, "Yeah, you know what? It was the better. We were the better team in that game. By all means, go and do it if you want to believe that. But trust me, if he goes back and looks at that." Without his Spurs glasses on him, he realised Liverpool stopped playing there yesterday, yeah. and yeah. could have like literally could have put Spurs four or five down after an hour yesterday if they wanted to. Um, okay, and I'm that's and that's like... the biggest that that's what I was annoyed over. And I said on, on the show last night, I felt that Liverpool robbed Spurs of a point, and I don't mean that in the case of Spurs were just amazing and Liverpool robbed it. That's not that's not what it was. The reason the reason I said they robbed them of a point was because they stopped playing for the vast majority of that game. Spurs took advantage. Without having to do a hell of a lot, to be perfectly honest, yeah, and robbed it at the end. That's what Liverpool done. They robbed it at the yeah. end because Liverpool played for let's be honest, 20, 30 minutes of that game max, max, right? They controlled parts of the second half and they were this, that, and the other. But the, the actual Liverpool we're used to seeing playing did not turn up for sixty percent, seventy percent of that game. Yes, we've been unprofessional this season. We've done that several times. I mean, I, I remember looking at it going. Okay, when are they going to stop? Because that's the way we've been. And like, I know I've said this before, but there's a reason why Alex Ferguson changed his Manchester United teams at times when you didn't expect it. <coughs> because he knew 
that that type of complacency can happen. When you've been to the top of the mountain and then somebody says to you, listen, I want you to climb that mountain again, your mentality to climb that mountain changes. Stick a World Cup in the middle of that. And, you know, you can get a few lads that are going, oh, I can't be arsed with this. And that's the problem. That's why Jurgen Klopp is a great, but Alex Ferguson arguably is one of the greatest of all time because he did things that you didn't expect and that you probably wouldn't do. You go, what? hang on, why are you taking him out of the equation? Because Alex Ferguson could say, okay, he's still got the ability, but the hunger's gone. I'm getting rid of him. And that's, that's I, th- I think there's a lot of fellas in our side that are like, I've done this before. And by the way, it's not quite gone the way it went in 2020. So I'm, I'm going to, I'm out of here. And that's what's missing. No, don't yeah, no, that's, that's, that's what annoys me because mm-hmm. I've said it like loads of times. Results matter at this end of the season. Performances mm-hmm. are secondary to results. but And that result's a great result yesterday. And by my thinking, you know, from what I've said, you would, you would think, well, forget about that thing. Forget about that performance. And I've forgotten about it quite quickly. Liverpool have three points on the board. But the thing is, like, if Liverpool went out there yesterday and performed to 70% of what they can, and they won 4-3, you go, you know what, Spurs got back into it, Liverpool, the odd mistake. But Liverpool didn't. And as much as performances don't matter, I still expect a minimum from Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I expect Liverpool to give everything and, and be on it. And some things might go wrong, fine, but yesterday wasn't that. Yesterday was, oh, look, we're 3-0 up and we'll stand off here and we won't press that and we won't chase that and we'll dive into that. And it's not that's not Liverpool. Like if, Liverpool, if, Liverpool, if Liverpool dropped off 20% on the 25th minute yesterday, right, but stood in shape, made sure they, you know, cut things out and stuff, you'd be fine. But there's still, there's a minimum to where they are and it wasn't that yesterday for me. It just wasn't. No, um, it's unprofessional. It was, yeah, I think so, I think so, and I think it was a, a little bit um, arrogant from Liverpool mm. yesterday, and I don't, there's no place for it, you know. I've no problem with Liverpool go out and just shut up the game and say, you know what, we're dropping, we're dropping down to seventy percent here, but we're just making sure we're not giving that in the way. Yeah, that's easy to do, but they didn't. They kept going out and just sauntering. They actually went out with intensity in the first twenty-five, and then mm. continued to try to do what they were doing, but done it at a cantering around the place, and that won't work. Won't work for you. Um, Moving on though, we'll stay on the losers. Um, Tyler and Neville. Go on, I'll let you go first. Martin Tyler is a professional gas bag. Listen, and I'll be honest with you. Uh, everybody knows I've got a lot of I've got a mate, a lot of mates, kind of doing good things with themselves and blah 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 because of the things that I've done. But I I think back to, for example, a lot of my Everton fans friends that are fa- Everton fans. I never knew that, for example, Elton Wellesby, when he was working in television all the time, and he was one of the voices you'd hear in British television, I never knew that man was an Everton fan. I just thought he was a man who knew a lot about football. And um, when he com- Because when he commentated, someone scored, he gave, it the, he gave it the big push and he was great. I only found out that Elton Wellesby was an Everton supporter about five or six months ago. When the Blue Nose Bob, who's probably my favourite Everton supporter online, everybody knows he's a good man and he's involved in the charity that I like. Um, point basically introduced me to him, and he he's one of the main hosts on their Everton space. It's great crack to listen to because they they lose their absolute reason. but he does be the main speaker, and he absolutely despises Liverpool, like to the point where you're like, 
geez, this is terrible. He hates Liverpool and he's Everton crazy. That man walked for 20 odd years, maybe more. And I listened to all, all the games, a lot of the games he commented, and you never knew because he was a great professional. Martin Tyler is unprofessional. Like, it's you can have Gary Neville and even our Jamie on, you know, and he, they can be as partisan as they want. But Martin Tyler's job is to be the arbiter and to, to relate to the fan at home the feeling that they should have at either end of the park. But to, not, to say that it's a marked difference, it's borderline. And, and it's big, like, again, this is a 72, 73 year old man, so you almost feel guilty. But he has to go. There's another lad that Liverpool supporters pump up because he commentates on Liverpool and other teams properly. I can't remember the name. But Peter Drury. Peter Drury. Sky Sports should be throwing huge money at him to come in and do the job. I'd hate him to go to Sky Sports, Sky Sports because the way Sky Sports do things now, Drury would end up falling into the same trap. Yeah, but Sky Sports, the best years of Sky Sports, again, Andy Gray, I remember the night Liverpool beat Olympiacos and Andy Gray celebrated the Steven Gerrard like, this is an Everton ex-player and a man who hates Liverpool, but he celebrated that goal because it was a great goal and it was incredible. It was incredible. And it's a famous, oh, you beauty, take a bow, son. That's what that's from, that night. Sky Sports need to get back to that. You can have fellas in the studio, I hate Liverpool, I love Liverpool. You can have all that. But the man in the middle, the voice, it's supposed to be your voice and my voice, the voice that's supposed to be in our heads, he's the one that is responsible for bringing the feeling. And if they kill that, they're killing something about the game to be honest with you. and you're right Gav to Martin uh, Gary Neville listen do you know what disappoints me more about Gary Neville obviously Manchester United are in an ownership standoff right now but Gary Neville has been annoyed me and I have had fights about this and it turns out that you are right because I said that Gary Neville's a great man labour left side everything that's right Gary Neville hasn't opened his mouth about the fact that there's a, a Qatari deal, deal in from Manchester United. He hasn't stood up and said, no, lads, better to keep the Glazers or better to have Jim Ratcliffe and better not to have this. He hasn't opened his mouth because he wants Manchester United to be bought by the same kind type of regime as what owns Manchester City. And, I mean, that's why I would say Gary is, is my loser. He's it's called, For me, it's called selective outrage. I mean... I really expected him to be like, no, guys, we cannot have this type of regime. Look what it's done to Man City. Everything that they're doing is meaningless. No, he's, I don't, you know, the Glazers have to go at all costs. It's the lesser of an evil. He's trying to position it that whatever comes in is better. Than, Manchester United have never spent as much money as they have under the Glazers. Do you know what I mean? Uh, they knew the deal. They know the type of leverage that the Glazers, we won't go down that rabbit hole. Let's not. But to say that, I mean, Gary Neville, just like everybody, just wants what City have and hates Liverpool. And it, it's so transparent. So you're right. And if we had a, you know, these two are, I mean, losers of the week, losers of the season, losers of the decade so far, to be honest. Project 5AM says the grounds from Neville and Tyler when Jota scored were priceless. Now, if you take it back to Aguero's moment in 2012, Martin Tyler is famous for that, right? And it's all oh, Aguero and the whole lot, right? My thing with them is, and always has been, no, not always has been, that, that would be a lie, right? 
Gary Neville is a brilliant football pundit. No doubt about it. Right? When you stand them on a Monday night in front of the screen with Carragher, however, they bring in managers, they bring in ex-managers, they bring in, you know, managers that are out of work, whatever it might be, f- footballers, ex-footballers, he's excellent. Right? Because he is, he, uh, for me, he's a guy that starts his professional career in the early 90s. Okay? Mid-90s. Early, 94, I think, 95. Yeah. Um, he, he sees the progression of the Premier League. He's seen the progression of football, right? He's played through it. He finishes in around 2012, about 10 years ago, maybe. Um, He's seen all that. He's seen the money come in. He's seen the style of play, the style of manager. So he's seen a hell of a lot, right? He hasn't just watched them the outside. He's seen a hell of a lot. Carragher's the same. Um, And when you put, if you told me to run on Monday night, every Monday from 7 to 8, going through, whatever it might be tactically, I would watch them, right? I would genuinely watch them because I think they're brilliant, okay? Mm-hmm. Leon says never let the overlap is okay too. The overlap is, you wouldn't, I wouldn't go if you paid me, right? Um, Because the per, the personalities on it, I just can't get my head around. But what you're seeing now is, you, you're right in what you're saying. The, the commentators are meant to be not impartial. I don't mind a bit of, I don't mm-hmm. mind a bit of Carragher and Neville watching Liverpool and... United, I've no problem with that, right? It becomes a bit fans only issue. Remember, they used to do the yeah. two fans of the game. Yeah. It becomes a bit of that. But what I find annoying is, and, and I try to avoid them as much as I can, is when you're watching the game, you are literally, you might as well, for me, watch Liverpool with two Man United fans sitting beside you. That's what you might as well do, right? Yeah. Because if I go down the pub and I'm watching Liverpool against, um, if I'm watching Liverpool against Sports, okay? And I put two United fans beside me while I'm watching that, right? It'll all be very doom and gloom, and then the excitement gets up and they're having a great time when, when sports score. It's the exact same, I'm telling you. Yeah. If I was in that pub, on and people go on about the, the groans and stuff like that, but that's that's them. Like, Tyler's not a United fan and all, right, whatever. Tyler just yeah. has this thing against United, but or Liverpool. But Neville, for me, is born and bred Manchester United fan watching Liverpool and he's never gone he will say that's brilliant from Liverpool that's brilliant from that right but even if you watch him again Liverpool against United and Liverpool tear United apart oh that's that's brilliant from Liverpool but yeah but 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 I want to put as many buts in here as I can to to demean the the actual credit I'm trying to give and I just don't know how people can watch it because I honestly I'd rather just get two Man United mates up beside and go listen just sit there will you give me a reaction to Liverpool scoring or not scoring or conceding because that's the way it is and people are paying good money for this yeah like this is what the thing is like when the whole thing about punditry was you watched match of the day or the big match or saint and greasy or whatever you watch going back right all these for the kids right um all these shows right even even gillette soccer saturday in the early days right you watched it because you wanted to know something that you never thought of like i can tell you that fella scored a goal and it was good but you wanted to, you wanted to find something. You wanted a bit of an insight that you that made you think. But when you go out to watch these people now, all you're thinking is he doesn't like the team I support. So when he yeah. starts to talk about the team I support, what's the point in me listening? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? And that's where I can't get around. And couple that with the way things are going. I, I I find it hard to call them pundits anymore. But couple mm. it with the way things are going, the generation we're in, the what you have to do or you feel you have to do 
to be relevant or have a reaction, right, or get a reaction, when you couple that with who you have, you're listening to, it's just appalling me. Like, mm. and, like, I love football. If you told me to watch football all day, I would watch it all day. But genuinely, I'd rather watch it on mute. Do you know what I mean? I'd rather fucking stick my favourite album in here and watch the game. Because I don't want to hear what they have to say anymore. And I genuinely don't want to listen to people on social media screaming and shouting. Because all they're thinking about is, oh, well, it doesn't really matter. Or just people, loads of people will watch this and laugh with me or laugh at me. You know what I mean? It's 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 absolutely ridiculous. And that's why they're, when they come up as losers of the week, I was like, yeah, that's absolutely fine with me. Because again... You know, if this was a if this was a brief where you had to show evidence of this going on, it's going on so long now. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you had two people in there that were, I don't know, fucking Southampton and Arsenal fans watching that game, they'd all be like, "Oh, great goal by Diaz," and "Or, geez, that's a great finish from Kane." You know, but one side is just one side is just, "Oh, there's a goal," and you can hear it in Twitter. Yeah. Oh, Liverpool have scored again. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know. I mean, he's not even hiding it. I mean, he, he he referred to Liverpool yesterday as lucky, and Spurs as plucky. I mean, it's almost like the first twenty minutes didn't happen. You know, and then I mean, to be honest, he was borderline racist. He talked about martial arts with in during the during the part of the game where Son um pulled back. Um, it could have been Gakpo, I think it was. Talked about, oh, it's a martial arts because, you know, he's Asian. I mean, it's uh, the guy needs to retire. I mean, sometimes people get too old to do certain things. You know, I'm, I'd imagine the filter is going. And I have experience with Martin Tyler. I've met him. He was director of football at Kingstonian Football Club when I was at Walton Casuals. I lived in, in, in London. And we played against him. And he's an old, I won't use the C word, but he's that's what he is. He's not a nice man. And he's a Chelsea supporter, by the way. But he's not a really horrible, cantankerous mm. man. I just fifteen. And I don't, but I don't. But I don't. But I don't care who 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 they support. No, me what neither. Saying, what me I'm saying neither. is, like, I support well, Liverpool, right? Well, he's getting. We're letting him retire. He's getting too old. He's getting too old. But, but I support Liverpool, right? And if I'm watching a game, like I know if I'm watching United against, say Villa, right? I get more excited by a Villa goal. I know that, right? Yeah. But I'm not fucking being paid to watch these games. I'm not paying to go onto your screen and give you insight and make it as exciting as you can. Like they're they're genuinely being sent in there now to annoy people. That's what I feel it is. But look, I, I, I what, like, what you're probably, right. What, probably, I know, I know. We're, we're probably wasting our time because, like, there's no the way football is going, right? Financially. The way football is going, pundit wise, the way it's going, you know, in loads of different ways, we're never going to stop it. Do you know what I mean? We're just not going to stop it. But I think it's okay to be turned around and go, this is fucking brutal. Do you know what I mean? As much as the game of football might be brutal, it's, I just, I'm literally watching games now and I'm trying to mute them and I'm trying to find them with different commentators on them and stuff because I'm, I'm not saying they should jump around and fucking let off fireworks and Liverpool score a goal. But at least go, you know, get it. If, you, if you're going to get as excited about this player scoring for this team, do the same for that team. Do you Be know professional. I mean? Like I said to you, the point I made earlier was Elton Wellsby. Elton Wellsby, I'm telling you, is as partisan blue nose as you... 
I, I never knew. I was genuinely shocked because he was such a good pro and he's very reactive on Twitter. But his, his Twitter, his whole Twitter profile, everything this, everything that. He, want, he hates Liverpool. But as I said, he presented his show for years and you just never knew. Yeah. You never knew because <clears throat> I don't know. I think I think you know. I don't like like someone else says there. Um, in fairness to Tyler, he's garbage on every game, not just Liverpool. It's yeah. but but the funny thing is, when Martin Tyler tells you what's going on in a football game, I'm absolutely fine with. It. Yeah, do you know what I mean? But it's the references like he, he listen to him, listen to him closely bar the goals. Just that's all I'm going to say to people. Listen to him closely bar the goals, right? Now, yeah. the other thing yesterday, the, the other thing that annoyed me was, your man should be sent off for sports, right? And it's like, oh, it's not the best, you know, and it's kind what of a bit, and I'm kind of going, well, just say what it is. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Just say what it is, and it's not, everything seems to be influenced by something else, and that's not what they're there for. You know, mm-hmm. that's just not what they're there for. Um, no, Tyler, doesn't, Tyler doesn't have a patch on the likes of uh, Peter Drury and, or John Motson. For, for no, it to be John Motson was the, the best to ever do. Brian Moore and John Motson and Jimmy Jimmy McGee, the best three people. De- then probably Eamon Andrews, the best four people ever to call a sport in mm. in in my experience. Eamon Andrews, you know, with the boxing, Jimmy McGee with everything because he knew everything. God bless mm. him. And Brian Moore and John Motson. Brian Moore at the World Cup. John Motson for for the domestic game. Case closed. Uh, Lazo says, just listen to BBC Five live commentary on the radio. It's the same game, not perfect, but as good as it gets. To be honest with you, I usually watch it on American TV, and if I can't, I'll just mute it. I'm being honest with you, um, especially after yesterday. Um, <coughs> winner, last winner um, that came in was Jurgen Klopp, uh, winner of the weekend. Now, there's a lot going on here, P. Um, he has, he just doesn't like Paul Tierney, and Paul Tierney just doesn't like him. And I don't know how Paul Tierney still refereeing Liverpool games because honestly, if this was Manchester United and Alex Ferguson in charge, Paul Tierney wouldn't get out within five miles of fucking Old Trafford. Never mind refereeing the games, right? But that's where we are. Um, Jurgen Klopp has a go at the fourth official yesterday. He gets booked for it. Jurgen Klopp then says, "Well, I took me booking because I deserved it." Um, in the moment, the heat of the moment, I I went up to the, the fourth official. I deserved it. I took the yellow card. But what Paul Tierney said to me while he was giving me the yellow card was not on. The PGMOL have said, you know, well, we've listened back um, and we're absolutely fine with what Paul done. He, he acted in a professional manner. Nobody knows what was said because the PGMOL, you know, uh, grey areas, and that is their grey area in this instance. But um, I've seen some Liverpool fans saying, you know, Klopp was a bit silly. It was funny that he pulled his hamstring um, celebrating the game but or celebrating the goal. And I've seen a couple of Liverpool fans saying, you know, it was a bit silly what he done, blah, 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 blah. But, I have no problem with this. I have no problem with this because I'm sitting there, right? The f- the gas thing is, for me, and I don't know if you agree, Jurgen Klopp is behaving, right, on that pitch exactly as I would behave if I was in the ground. Uh, you know, I, and I am at home going, what the fuck is going on here? You know, what that decision, this, what is going and he just, he's letting it get the better of him. Now, you could throw that against Jurgen Klopp because he has let it get the better of him. But are you okay with Klopp fighting these wars? Because I think it's a really good sign that he's fighting these wars and he's quite happy to. And bring yeah, on the I next mean, round with Paul Tierney. Yeah, you want your manager to be invested. Alex Ferguson was invested for every day of the 26 years he was there. And um, by all 
by all accounts, he had better control, as you quite rightly pointed out, over the PGMOL. And they were actually behoving to him. He'd make a phone call and say, listen, I don't think that it's appropriate to send that referee here again. And that referee wouldn't be sent. They used to send Howard Webb because he liked Howard Webb. It's that simple. Um, I think it's, it's uh, the, you know, still a lot of, there's a lot of xen- xenophobia and jealousy. Um, I don't think approaching a referee or fourth official in, in his face. But listen, Paul Tierney is the one who blew up um, while Sadio Mane, uh, 30 seconds early in the game, while Sadio Mane was clear through on goal against Manchester United. Paul Tierney is the one who sent off rightly um, a Robert Andy Robertson in a game against Hotham Hotspur and for an identical challenge, probably worse, failed um, to, to do the same for Harry Kane. Paul Tierney is the one who consistently consistently apparently has things to say about at Liverpool and apparently what he said to Jurgen Klopp as he was booking him yesterday was unacceptable but of course the PGML will tell you oh it was perfectly acceptable what he said but they won't tell you what he said. Mm. As I keep saying there's a lack of transparency and accountability that you don't get in Australia, you don't get in Germany but you get in in the UK because the Brits don't want to be held accountable or answerable for anything. That's their culture and that's that's acceptable until it's not acceptable, and it's it. And Jurgen Klopp is scratching his head. Yes, in the interview, saying, "You know, for some reason, this is the only country I've ever seen where, you know, there's a there's no accountability for authority." And he's right. He's he's right. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. It, what if he said something yesterday, and now everyone's asking, "But what was said?" It's because he wants the question to be asked. Well, the but, thing is. Kevin Sullivan says he's so glad that he said what he said because it's neither calling up a long time. These refs, zero accountability. Mm. Whatever Klopp said got him a booking. Mm. His, he was punished. He was punished for what he done, which was a booking. What his argument is, is that I took the booking. I got, I got, you know, my punishment. And when I was being dealt that punishment, what was said by the figure of authority was not on. Now, the PGOMOL said they come out and they'll back... Paul Tierney and then fairly soon after that came out and said we reviewed the audio and Paul acted in a completely professional manner and um, everything is absolutely fine tell, tell us what he said just tell exactly, us what he said exactly tell us what but this but, but this, it, like I keep talking about this and I keep saying it and I, maybe I should stop right but every situation they find themselves in they have a grey area over here that they will all funnel into Stand there and wait in that grey area until everything passes. And again, yesterday, right, something is said by a manager and the grey area is, oh, we've reviewed the audio, that's it. We're done. But again, but, 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 do you know what I'm saying, Pete? Like, yeah. whether, whether, it's, whether, it's a, whether it's a bad decision, right? Whether, it's, whether you feel that your man Skip should be sent off yesterday, right? Was it checked? Right? Now, Kevin Sullivan was saying something yesterday, and I don't know, and I'm not doubting Kevin Sullivan, but he said, if VAR look at that and don't think it's a red card, you don't even have to refer it to him. So, basically, Paul Tierney doesn't see the tackle, right? Doesn't see it, it goes on, VAR look at it and go, oh, fuck, that's a red. You have to call him back. If they don't think it's a red, they don't even have to say it to him. Instead of saying, Paul, we've seen that. Do you want to go and have a look at it? You make the decision on it. You, you, you are blindsided. Fine, right? But again, we're sitting here asking questions about VAR and what and the biggest thing out of it all is 
all the information is not on the table. All of the information. But when they make a decision, they have all the information in front of them, but they are not willing to give you all the information back as to how the the decision was made. It's a grey area, no matter fucking what happens. And the guy a couple of weeks ago, me and you done a show after, where the elbow's Andy Robertson, right? And the grey area was, oh, well, we, he, had a, he, had a, he had a positive discussion with Andy Robertson and blah, 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 and known for the details. I'm sorry, but if, if a player elbows someone tomorrow and he gets sent off for a three-game ban and goes and says, oh, by the way, I've had a positive um, discussion with the fellow I've elbowed and it turns out he's got all right with it. They're not turning away the ban. So the grey area all the time, they will find an area that they can get themselves into where they don't have to take responsibility, where the shields are up, and we'll get 80 to 90% of the information and we'll get bullshit at the other side of it. And that's it. And the likes yeah. of your man Gallagher on, on Sky and the other fella on BT, uh, Walton, is it? Um, on BT. They don't help it. They don't help yeah. it. Because, because they're given they're given in they're given their opinion and I lose that lightly again. They're given their opinion on in situations, right? But again, they always have a fallback of some sort. Everybody in this game has to take responsibility for what they do. Managers, footballers, fans above everyone has to take responsibility for what they do, right? Right? And we've seen that in chanting and stuff that's gone on. Responsibility has to be brought on clubs and fans, right? Players, managers chairmen, directors of football, whoever it might be, except for the fella standing there refereeing on a Saturday. He doesn't yeah. have to fucking tell you fuck all. And it's true. And it, listen, I know I get hammered for saying it, but it's a typical British attitude to uh, to authoritarianism. It's the way they are. They can help themselves. And there are a certain amount of people who are all right with it. So you'll never hear really Arsenal supporters, sports supporters, Chelsea supporters. You won't really hear them complain about the authorities they'll just complain about the opposition so arsenal are complaining about manchester city now they won't complain wh- where they should go it's it's fans from the north Liverpool, <coughs> manchester fans, you know that will complain about the authority because it's their culture to 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 say listen the authority is not being trans- transparent here. and their actual living culture permeates their sporting culture it's until this won't change until society in general says listen Everybody must be held accountable. Everybody. I mean, you, you look next week, they're going to coronate a king and they're going to spend hundreds of millions and they're going to say to everyone that you need to ring a certain bell or, and the, the, the national anthem is going to be played. And you I'm know, and, and Liverpool fans or whatever. I've seen them using the, I've seen them moving some sort of brick yesterday. Liverpool fans are going to boo. So that's what we're going to do. And of course, everybody will point at Liverpool fans and say they're an absolute disgrace. And, but Nobody will talk about why they're booing. Nobody will talk about why they feel that way about authority and about the royal family because they don't want to open that can of worms, which is which would be transparent. And that's the yeah. whole problem. I, 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 and that's that's on a much bigger scale. And, and in fairness to, you know, you call it a British thing. I think, I think when it comes down to the refereeing, I think it is a British thing. I think around the world that situation is in loads of countries where well, in France, France, France in France, if you don't fucking tell us what's going on in France, we'll just riot until you tell us. No, you know, no it's their culture. These people beheaded their royals because they didn't want to live like that. They, Marie Antoinette said, "Let them eat cake," and they decided, "No, we'll take your head instead." 
and they and they have egalite fraternity they they had their revolution that's the difference they won't accept that anybody is more important and i'm not saying i don't want to see anybody lose their head but pejoratively speaking they need to have a revolution in england where everybody is held accountable for their actions yeah that's it. paul and paul paul giovanni asks and i'm sure it's been asked loads of times right can we request he never refs the game for us again we absolutely can yeah but what 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 I think would happen is they'd make sure he was on more of our games, of course, because they're independent you know and they independently assign their the, the Premier League and the FA have fuck all to do with them. They just turn up and go, "We're this is where we're going, this is where we're going," right? Mm-hmm. And honestly, that we would get more games with Paul Tierney in charge. But that's what the, but but the thing is, like, we're seeing things like, oh, um, we wrote to such a club yesterday to say we're sorry about that, right? But that's more annoying. If you were more transparent on the day as to the process of how you made that decision, right? Okay, you might still make the wrong decision, right? And you might still have to write the letter. But people don't spend 24 hours losing the fucking plot for you to write a letter, right? And not only that, if you think that everything you've been, you're saying and every process you're going through is being beamed out there for people to see, mic up refs, etc., it might make you think a bit more clearly. It might make you think, hold on, like last week I could have done this and we'd write a letter, but this week, hold on, I just can't do that. It's it's complacency in, in what they're doing because, like I said, the grey area is always there. But they're not comfortable, just, they're not comfortable. <coughs> Liverpool played sports at Anfield and drew two all and Harry Kane, I think, got two penalties. And the referee, basically, you could hear them over a microphone. It wasn't you. I don't know if it, maybe it was an experiment. No, what happened there was, what happened there was, there wasn't VAR. Yeah, a ball was played through, and they were trying to walk out. Harry Kane got taken down, and what they were trying to say was, was he offside? And the Mm -hmm. argument was, if Lovren played the ball, he's off, he's onside. If Lovren didn't play the ball, he's offside. Mm -hmm. The the referee goes over to the linesman and says, "What do you think?" The linesman says, "I don't know who touched that ball. I don't. I couldn't see." He asks, he he radios to the fourth official to say, "Did you see it?" He's told no, and he hadn't seen the footage, right? And he just decides, oh, well, I'm giving it then. Yeah. Right? Instead of saying, hold on, I, I can't give that penalty because I don't know that defender touched it, mm. right? And that's where it started off, right? Mm. Um, but, and that's why it terrifies them, Gab, about accountability. Correct. Correct. Terrifying. Correct. Because ex- accountability exposes you to the awful reality that you may have made a mistake and that's the part that they can't countenance yeah i think that's it's um i think i think it's I, I just think it's horrendous and and like i'm people think i'm against var i'm not against var i'm against the people in charge of it the processes yeah. and why we can't if they want all the information in the world to make a decision why can't we have all the information to, as to why they made that decision we mightn't agree with it but at least we know Look, at least you're getting an argument. You know, I can argue with you every day of the week about something in the pub. I can sit in the pub all day with you, fucking sitting up at the bar, ordering points again, it's me and you all fucking day, arguing about whatever. Now, yeah. I'll argue my point and you'll argue yours, right? Okay? And that's fine. We mightn't agree on it. But if I'm sitting up there arguing my point and you're telling me nothing as to how you got to your fucking opinion, exactly. what's the point? Do you know what I mean? And that's where it is. But... um. Nigel says you guys have amazing memories. Yeah, we've we've uh, we've deep enough memories, I think. Um, <laughs> but Jurgen Klopp, 
I think the biggest thing to come out is Jurgen Klopp looks fired up here. Jurgen oh. Klopp doesn't look like a man that, in all probability, he's not going to get the Champions League this season. And he looks down and he looks a bit bleak and it's a bit... Uh, Jurgen Klopp looks like I'm going to go and try to win every game here. And regardless, I'm going to be ready to go next season. And his biggest thing is, he wants this team... People don't want to play against this team anymore. That's where he wants to get them to. So, fighting these little wars is a good sign, isn't it? Of course it is. I mean, listen, after eight years in the job, you, you might question his motivation. You might question his, his attitude. You might think, is, is his mind somewhere else? Now, that man already has his shortlist of players that he knows will come in and completely change his team, uh, invigorate it. You know, right now, we're not even getting 45 minutes out, out of midfield players. We just aren't. You know, we're not in terms of energy and, and commitment. <clears throat> no, he, that man is thinking, I can't wait to get. You can see by the energy. And rival fans hate it. They want them banned. They want, and the more the more rivals talk about Klopp, the more, you know, I mean, we're in what, seventh position. Do you know what I mean? Fifth and rival, yeah, but do you know what I mean? Rival fans are still clamoring for him to be, you know, punish this, punish it, which tells me that they all know this season has been a complete anomaly. You know, for everybody, but for Liverpool more than anybody. And it's just a case of, of, of getting it right, to be quite honest with you. And he's still very much the man to get that right. Um, I think, to be honest with you, I admire him. I was a little bit concerned, Gav, about him covering for the owners in insofar as not, not supporting him financially to bring in two midfield players that we needed to be honest with you because it reminded me of when Arsene Wenger towards the end was covering for for Arsenal um when they really needed a goalkeeper and you know after Lehman they had this they had so many problems and ultimately he he lost his job really because of it but I I don't think that that's the case I thought I did think oh god is it just another Arsene Wenger job are they are they going to, is he going down that road no I think it has been agreed Maybe, maybe they they thought we don't we don't need to invest quite quite yet. But uh, for me, the World Cup would have been the biggest. <clears throat> of course, we need energy and bodies. Um, but he looks to me like a man who's just full of the chutzpah that's needed to to go on and, and do what we are going to do next year. You know, which is what we always do from positions like if we know European football next year, great. Let's go and just challenge for the league, win the league. We we did it, we did it before. Whenever we've got no European football, we're very very dangerous. So mm. two or three signings in there, it's a different outfit. I can I, Europa League looks more rel- likely than anything. I I can see him actually pulling a load of players off loan next season, and saying right, yeah. you're you're in the Europa League squad, and what what you're probably seeing a lot of Europa League teams will be probably four or five first team players, four or five around the fringes, and probably one kind of wild card. And a few more of those on the bench because um, I think you're right. I think he's going to go and he's going to make splashes this summer. Um, he has to. There's just no way around it. And mm. I think when he does that, genuinely, the, the, the Premier League will get everything thrown at it next season. Absolutely everything. Everything will be tailored around it. Um, Europa League won't be a distraction of, a, of what a Champions League would be. I'd love the distraction of the Champions League, but we've probably left it a bit too late. But I won't give up on it until it's impossible. But I think... Although it's not the ideal thing and it's not where we want to be, I think he will use it to throw everything he has at the Premier League next season to put himself back in that position going into the final what would be two seasons of his um, current Liverpool contract. I hope it goes on beyond that, but let's mm. see. Um, I've really enjoyed that. 
an hour and just where we are an hour and six not bad um the charity is uh breast cancer research um i say at the end of every show most people start turning off now but that's fair enough um link is in the description donate if you can if you can't share it amongst all your friends your family or colleagues if you want to donate if you want to sponsor something on the day of the golf you can you can sponsor golf holes you can sponsor long drives nearest the pin competitions we're doing you can do any of that lfcdaytrippers at gmail.com if you want to donate a prize for the raffle that night you can do that um same email address or if you're too lazy and you say ah here i'll throw them 50 quid and they can buy the prizes by all means lfcdaytrippers at gmail.com we will take the payment off you we will buy the prizes and we will send you back to a seat for the tax man or whoever or your ma that gave you the end of the money wherever it was um but listen it's been difficult this year i keep saying it's been very difficult because times are hard to try raise money for this everyone behind the scenes is working literally every day on it and then as bill kenroy said i'm ringing fahid mashiri hourly about this um i'm not really but i'm working harder than bill fucking kenroy is i can tell you that for nothing um and um we're, we're trying our best that's in june they don't run the marathon and um, the girls don't run the marathon until october they have stuff coming up we've stuff coming up in may we've the golf day in june we've another thing coming in july so nearly every month we've something on so um if you can help us out absolutely lfc day trippers at gmail.com and we will uh, follow up asap um anything else before we go p no no just backing you up on, on the breast cancer awareness charity please guys follow the link as Gav says, times are hard, but you know, some people are facing the fact that they may not be around and a lot of those people have children um and have a chance at survival. So help them. Every penny for people like that counts, to be honest with you. And I know how hard Gav works at all of this. You know, he's changed lives, literally changed lives in the few years that I've been involved. So please help the ball to keep rolling. Yeah. And um yeah, look, we will get to the twenty grand, whether it takes us till that marathon is run or six months after that we won't stop until we get to it because that's that's how we roll but like i said we always want to get to that target as quick as we can not that we can just say oh we're done but it allows us to go on and help somebody else um so there's just two shot there's two sides to this all the time um but look that has been winners and losers and um, we're off tomorrow night because we need a break Um, i need a break genuinely i'm, I'm just editing stuff all over the shop we're, yeah, we're, we're off tomorrow night um, Liverpool play full on Wednesday night we will be back with full time Reds for that I think the three lads might be on um, on Wednesday night I know Chris and Kev certainly are. I'm just waiting on walk back from Matt um, but the three lads might be on Wednesday Thursday we're hoping to do a viewer's voice Friday will be Premier League forecast Saturday will be full time Reds after Liverpool play Brentford I think Saturday um, and Sunday we will have the fat back for um, yeah like, subscribe, comment, turn your notifications on, check out Bang Average Golf, check out the charity, bookmakers.com, do all that sort of stuff. And um, we'll see you very soon. Thanks a million to P. Thanks a million to everyone in the chat. And anyone listening afterwards, enjoy the audio um, that you're listening to. And you can give us a five-star review on that as well. Talk to you in a bit. Over now. Podcast Network.